Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Dean Blandino from Fox Sports, and you are listening to the Quick Snap Podcast. Okay, hi guys. Hope everyone's keeping well. Welcome to another episode in our Top 10 series. So last time out, we actually covered our Top 10 quarterbacks, which moves us nicely on to our Top 10 running backs. We are lucky enough to have Rich on from King Fancy Sports. Obviously, he will be our resident fantasy football expert for this episode. How are we doing, Rich? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm feeling a little bit of pressure after you saying I'm the expert, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can get. Um, I know you had, you had Jack on last pod, so um, he's a good guy. So uh, yeah, ho- hopefully I'll I'll live up to the standard that he set. Yeah, we have been we have been doing a few fancy football episodes, and obviously we is like we we play it all the time, and it is it is a lot of fun. But having people that dedicate quite a lot of time on to try and study these things, it is it does show us up a little bit, which is all part of the game. Um, when you say quite a lot of the time, do you mean too much time? Because that's what my wife, <laughs> it that's what my wife says. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also got uh, Ben on, one of our writers. Obviously, it was Ben's articles that basically sparked this series of podcasts. He decided to uh, write about his top 10 in each position. How you doing, Ben? You're right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Back at work now, so uh, tired all the time. Yeah, well, welcome back, mate. Welcome back to the yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, hopefully you're not too tired for the podcast. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, so obviously, Rich has got this. Um, it's a fancy football guide. It's, a, it's called uh, what's it called, Rich? You want to tell everyone what it is? Yeah. Um, so it's called Fantasy One Hundred and One, and it's basically to work as a. It's almost like a transition book um, to help you if you've never never ever played before and you think you want to dive into it, then it'll get you set up quite quite well um or if you've been playing for a couple of years and now you think do you know what i really want to kind of just 
delve into this a little bit more. Then there's some more advanced stuff in there as well. So okay. it's so it's just really for however you want to play. Um, the one of the key differences I would say of this book to others that's on the market is I don't really tell you what to do. It's more this is how I would kind of work it and give you the tools to go and make your own decisions. So you can then just apply that knowledge year after year after year. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I actually bought the MVP package on your website. Um, and I know, you, I know is it to the end of June, you are doing the offer where if you buy the, buy the book, you'll also get the spreadsheet for free, which helps you uh, gather the information from um, Sleeper. Yeah. So the, so I've got a couple of bundles. So, um, we've got the starter bundle, which is just the book and it'll be, it has the best ball um, tool that you're talking about. And yeah. then, um, and then on top of that, we have the MVP MVP bundle, which has um, all of that. And it has the projections workbook that I use to make my own projections each season. And, um, and a stats database, which has like game by game splits for players um, going back to 2015. And that has rushing shares, target shares, all that kind of like good knowledge that you can just uh, kind of just search if as yeah. as you're making your projections as well. Um, definitely, uh, definitely useful. I um I sat down with a beer. Yeah. On, uh, Friday night, I did a little look. Um, it it was definitely useful because I think I get quite excited about fantasy football as. Tom knows I just jump in head first and just a, a few bit, seasons yeah. back I uh, I took my Leonard Fournette hype to an all new level, picked him in the first round, and then he managed to get himself injured. So it, it, got it, what you deserved yeah. there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well actually the season before that I picked um, David yeah. Johnson and he got injured in the first game. So I don't absolute, absolute nightmare with them. Um, um can you just tell me who you're selecting this season then? Just so I know to avoid <laughs> them. Yeah, I live for the first. Yeah. McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll avoid him then, like the play. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. It's great. So obviously, we've got a little code that we can use on your website. So if anybody does think that this is for them, they do need a little bit of advice, a little bit of assistance in the fantasy football. Just use the code SNAP on uh, Richard's website. Go over to uh, well, Richard, tell you at the end of the, end of the podcast where you can find him, etc. Use our code, get yourself a little bit of a discount, and um, hopefully you'll be successful in this year's fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, um, as you're preparing for your, your fantasy drafts as well, we've actually got uh, the Hall of Fame package, which has uh, all of the above and uh, one of our draft boards. So if you're having a live draft or um, I've heard of, of a few people doing them via Zoom calls, then, um, then they're, they're great. So you, can, you get all your stickers and you get like a big sheet that you can uh, nice. apply them to. So just like, just like they do in America. Just like they do in America, yeah. There you go. Um, well, that's fantastic. Hopefully, uh, people actually use it. And you know, I, I certainly found it useful just reading it for, really for like an hour or so. So, imagine if you actually used it properly when you when you're actually going into your drafts, it could be quite useful. Um, so, this is where we're going to test your knowledge, then, isn't it? Obviously, you know, see if you are going to live up to your, your expert name we've just given you. So, we are going to cover our top ten uh, fancy running backs in standard uh, format. Um, we're going to go backwards actually today. We're going to go from 10 down to one little idea from Tom trying to, trying to make it a bit more interesting today, Tom. yeah everyone likes a countdown don't they <laughs> yeah they do mate yeah they do um so rich as you are the guest today do you want to start 
start us off and give us your 10 down to one. Okay, so my 10 is Miles Sanders um, with, the, with the Eagles. I think the, the, biggest, the biggest reason is he's just going to get so much volume in this offense. Like the, the Philadelphia Eagles have long been um, at, they've long been a very good place to have a running back. The reason why you maybe don't feel like it is is they've always split all of the work. Whereas now, Miles Sanders looks like he's going to be the guy to, to take the team forward. Um, I've got him taking 55% of the rushing share. Um, and last season, he had 42%. So I'm, I'm thinking that he'll take us a bit of a, bit of a jump. Um, okay. I think he'll be round about the same as he was in efficiency. And that gets him to... I've got him as a stat line of uh, 1,100 and three yards, seven touchdowns with okay. um, 479 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Okay. You've got a big season for him then? I, I, think, he, I think he's going to be great. When I was actually yeah. – um, I've got an article that will be going live on my website probably um, probably tomorrow, maybe the next day, uh, where I looked at red zone efficiency. He wasn't actually as, a, in, as efficient in the red zone as he could have been, which makes me think that – like we, what we saw last season, he could vastly be improved upon. Okay. So that that's why he's he's my number ten. Yeah. Right. I think the thing that worries me with Sanders is they've lost Brandon Brooks now, haven't they, on that offensive line, and then there's no Jason Peters now as well. So they've been known for having a good offensive line for a while now. The Eagles. Yeah. So yeah. Is that going to have a bit of an impact? Because I, I I love Sanders as well, but the so, worries me a bit. So it worry it, it worries me a little bit now. I'm not going to say it's going to worry me enough to, to really make me think he's going to slide down that much because the Eagles yeah. offense is, is that effective that they'll just yeah. play around that. Um, I think that, you know, Lane, Lane Johnson is obviously still, still there and he's, he's fantastic um, at tackle. And I think they'll, if anything, they'll just pitch the ball out to him and just get Miles Sanders in space. Get him in space. Yeah. And that, that's the way forward, isn't it really? Yeah, it will. Okay. Have you got number nine? Um, I have got uh, Dalvin Cook. Now, he might even slide down further than this because obviously if the holdout continues, then um, then yeah, he's just going to keep keep sliding down. Um, I currently have him projected to, that he'll be the starter and he'll play all season. Um, I know that's probably not realistic considering his injury concerns, but... Um, I mean, I personally, so when I've been looking at Dalvin Cook and his ADP, I'm not drafting him where he's going because I think that there's too much risk in that pick. That being said, he is, he is my number nine. Um, I think it's just because he, he'll get more receptions than Sanders. I've got them f- with a very, very similar kind of stat line. It's just that Cook, I think, will get more involved in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually had him in my top ten uh, but I've obviously moved most because I'm not. I'm just not certain now. And I think I think he's. I think honestly, it's crazy that these running backs don't see what's happening in the team. They've got they've got Madison there, who was absolute fire when he was given his chance. And Cook is an injury-prone running back who's yeah, he's great when he's on the field, but he's proven that he's unreliable to finish a season. And he's like, yeah, no, I won't pay him. Like, yeah, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> find somebody else who's going to pay you because. You've got Matson there, who's great. Yeah. 
Especially after what happened with Melvin Gordon last year. Like we've spoken yeah. about this before. Why would anyone basically repeat what Gordon did? Like he's Gordon, this, there was a good backup there already. They had Eckler. Yeah. Like you said, the Vikings have got Matheson. Like you, you you'd be more than happy with Matheson, I imagine. Like we talked yeah. about having drafting if you draft Cook, then draft Matheson as a as the handcuff. And especially if he's gonna hold out now, that makes even more sense. Yeah, I mean the, I the biggest issue that I, that I've got with um with Cook doing what he's doing is even if let's imagine that the Vikings want to pay him, they don't have the cap space to pay him. Yeah. So you're essentially holding out for what? That's why I don't understand. I'd I'd, yeah. I'd love for someone to explain it to me, but you know if you're, I'm looking yeah. at over the cap right now for the Vikings and they've got 12 million in cap space, but I think they're yet to sign any of their rookies. So yeah. right. okay. I just, I just can't see him getting paid. I just don't think it's a bit of a pointless exercise unless he's looking for a way out. But even so, if he's looking for a way out, this is not the way to do it. No. It's not. <laughs> yeah. He, he, may have seen, he may have seen Melvin Gordon hold out and then immediately if the team didn't want didn't want him look for a, an, easy way, an easy trade for him, they may, the Vikings may look to trade him. Possibly. Um, the difficulty with that is, I just, I think we're actually seeing a, a general trend in the NFL in that second contracts for running backs are really then you're not getting what they want to get you know all of these players seem to be holding out wanting 12 13 million like they used to in the yesteryear that just doesn't happen now in the nfl because you've seen how how many of these teams have um just drafted someone in the third fourth round and they flashed and then as soon as as soon as they look like they're coming to the end of that rookie contract just let them go rinse repeat yeah we've said that before haven't we Harry where I wouldn't give a running back another contract so even with McCaffrey as amazing as he was last year he'll probably be good for another couple of years after that are you going to get the same sort of return from him you're probably not because he's getting so many touches he's, like they're, he's to me, they're not worth that, that much money yeah that, that contract's an anomaly I think because it is, they didn't it is have an bridge water there on yeah. that money McCaffrey wasn't going to get paid that much, I don't think. I think he would have had a difficult time getting that much money. But with Bridgewater taking a contract, only has twenty million a year. There's that spare cap space there to try and. You know, McCaffrey is probably as good, if not better, than yeah. a, a good a good quarterback. So I think I think the key thing with the difference with McCaffrey is if you look at Carolina, then you could you I could make an argument that he's probably the best, maybe second best receiver on that team as well. Oh no, yeah, he is. Yeah. So you, you're now covering two positions essentially with that one player. So, I mean, I think if, if McCaffrey continues to take, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about McCaffrey later, but I think that the way that the Panthers will probably use him might start changing. So I think they might start just having him out in the slot rather than actually just having him pound the ball up. Yeah, I don't get why more teams don't do that with their running backs because so many of them are really good in the slot now. Just line up in there because they're probably going to be better than some of your rookie. If you if you say if you, if you draft a um, a rookie receiver and you plan to use them in the slot, the running backs are probably going to be better in terms of knowing the scheme and knowing yeah. where to be than 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 the rookie will be coming in. So if you just put the running back in there, and then most teams have got pretty good backup running backs now as well. You can put Kareem them in the backfield. Um, you can get them both out there. It's like yeah, you said Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like I would use Kareem Hunt as basically a, a slot receiver this year. Yeah, I agree. Okay, should we move on to um, your eighth one, Rich? Try and get through these a bit more because I think we've got 
all four of us to go through our top ten. This could be a could be a role, mate, couldn't we? Okay. Um. So I've got Todd Gurley as my eight. Okay. I just okay. think I just think he there's no there's no one else in that Atlanta backfield. So if anyone's going to touch the ball out of the backfield, then it's going to be him. I mean, yeah. it's him or Ito Smith, right? So. I mean, I feel like I could run the ball better than Ito Smith at this point. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's it's just pure it's just a pure volume play there. I, I'm not really overly excited about him, but I just think there is no one else there, and I think that then I don't think knee is as bad as people think. He struggled last year, but he struggled last year behind an awful offensive line like that line was appalling. So. I'm happy to kind of just say that was a, a little bit of a blip and actually his knee's probably okay. Um, yeah. And he'll bounce back in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, um, I like Todd Gale, yeah. Um, Show me one seven. Go on, mate, yeah. Let's see what one seven is. So I've, I've, I've got six and seven are kind of in for the same reason and similar to, to Gurley. So I've got Joe Mixon at six and Josh Jacobs at seven. Both of those, I think, you know, Again, they're just volume plays who are just going to be getting so many touches out of the backfield. Um, Mixon, I've got just above Jacobs because while I'd like Jacobs to be more involved in the passing game, I know Mixon will be. Um, so that that's why I've got them ranked there. They're very, very, very similar um, points total. In fact, I've only got them separated by four points um, wow. across the season. So yeah, like literally almost exactly the same. Um, I'd probably, at the two, um, I'd probably be going for Mixon. Um, if I'm at, towards the back end of, uh, of the first, then I'd be quite happy to pick up Jacobs because I don't think Mixon's going to be there. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're, my, they're my six nice. and seven. And then, um, then we move on to the, like, the, the top five, who I'm pretty sure that like all of you guys probably have the same top five. So... Um, I'll start with five. So I've got I've got Zeke uh, in at five. Um, a lot of these a lot of these guys are re- a lot of these guys are really close for the record. Um, but I just think that that the way that Cowboys have drafted, I don't think they're going to be giving him as many receptions as he maybe had in previous in previous season. Um, yeah. I also think that they're going to try and mix up what they do at the red line and the impact of. Um, Frederick leaving from the centre position, I think, is quite big. So I've got him in at five. Um, okay. Avan Kamara, I've got in at four. I think what we saw last season was not Avan Kamara. I mean, the the team was without Drew Brees, who keeps defenses honest. They kind of stacked the box um, against him and tried to combat Michael Thomas, which didn't really work. But they, I, yeah. I guess they figured, well, we'll try and just do something with Michael Thomas and not let Kamara get out. Um, so I think he'll he'll go back to being quite efficient. I think he'll probably share a bit of the workload with Latavius Murray as well. I mean, let's not forget Kamara was injured as well for a long part of the season. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Number three, uh, I've got Derek Henry. I just think he's just going to get run into the ground this season. I mean, I don't even know. I, I put him for, th- I've got him at 307 carries, but okay. I, I mean, I can see that number being even higher because yeah. I just don't see, oh. I don't see someone else in the backfield who's going to take the carries away from him. The the team yeah. um, have a blueprint of how to win and that is to give Derek Henry the, the rock and then just play defense. Um, 
So I've got him him that high. I'm not sure if I'd necessarily take him strictly over Kamara because that lack of involvement in the past game, I just think absolutely kills kills him. If the game starts getting away from the Titans, then I don't think Henry's going to be that effective. Yeah. Um, and then my top two are Barkley and McCaffrey. So Barkley, I've gotten it too. Um, I'd feel absolutely fine with literally taking either of these. Um, yeah, same. Because they've got very, very similar outlooks. Like they're both um, in offenses that aren't the greatest. Um, they're big, big parts of of the rushing game and receiving game for both of their teams. I think if you put a gun to my head, I think I'd probably lean towards Barkley for this season. Um, just with the upgrade that the team made with the offensive line. And I think Daniel Jones will take a bit of a step forward this season. Um, I think as well, the wider offense will, will be more improved. And I'm, I'm honestly not sure on the impact that Teddy Bridgewater will have on, on the Carolina offense. So I think yeah. while, he's, while he's a decent quarterback, I don't think he's going to be that good for what fancy owners are going to be wanting to do. Yeah, I mean, I've I think I've swapped back and forth from McCaffrey and Barkley about ten times in about two months. Uh, done a few <laughs> mock drafts, and every time. But the thing is, it's a good point because it, it just means that I don't really mind which one I take. If, if I was if I got the number one spot, number two spot, wouldn't really mind because either what if you get either of those players in your team, you are not disappointed. You know, you know, not thinking, oh, I've missed out on McCaffrey or I've missed out on Barkley. I do agree with you. I think Barkley's in an improving team. Uh, which is a great, obviously momentum is going up. McCaffrey's in a rebuilding team, more like. Um, however, he's got a new coach. And I know you're saying Bridgewater may not be as good for the charge, but I think he might be quite good, quite good because as Tom explained a few weeks back, Bridgewater likes his mid to short passing, doesn't really like to throw it deep. And he's got all those speedsters now as receivers. And he's got McCaffrey. So it yeah. all kind of plays into that, that kind of um, scheme. So it could actually benefit McCaffrey more. Which it is, could. So um, I think one player that everyone seems to be sleeping on um, is Ian Thomas, the tight end, because I think he's actually going to see the biggest bump in value. And he's he's the tight end that I'm targeting a lot in drafts because yeah. no one's talking about him, but he steps into a steps into a role that you know Greg Olson left a lot of targets on that offense. And as you say, we've got uh, DJ Moore who operates out. Um, in that short short mid mid route, but outside of that, I mean, a lot of the guys are, are downfield weapons. So, I think Ian Thomas is going to see a big improvement this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas is definitely my sleeper. He's my tight end sleeper as well. Yeah, great minds. Great I, I, had minds. Him, I had him. I had him. I had him, had him pointed. Yeah, right at the start. Well, that is, uh... I feel like I know nothing. I've not even heard of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tom, this is what I mean, mate. We, uh, we get these people on to talk about fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'll tell you, I'll tell you if, 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 you're in, um, if, if you're in a dynasty league, I would, I would see if you can just pick him up off the waiver wire. If he's, if he's unowned, that is criminal. There you go. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. I, yeah, I, I've, I've just tied that off right now. I'm, I'm not forgetting that. <laughs> um, okay, that is, that is interesting. I think. Um, I think a few of those I've got in mind, but I think there's a few of them that I haven't, and I think you might be a bit shocked by a few of my names, which is a bit worrying. Um, okay, so Ben, do you want to take us through your top 10, see how they compare? 
Yeah, can do. I mean, the, the names are pretty much all the same, just in a slightly different order. Um, number 10, for some, I just can't take him out of my top 10. He was in my top five, now he's in my top 10. Um, that's Dalvin Cook. Uh, yeah. He's just too good as a player not to be in the top 10. Yes, he's massively injury prone. Only played like 29 games in the last four years or whatever it is. Um, but that is a that is a run first offense. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, number nine, um, I've gone Joe Mixon. Um, I think especially at the start of the season, he he will see most of the touches. Will Burrow sort of settles down. Um, yes, they've got AJ Green back, who is the deep ball if Burrow needs it. Yeah. Um, but I can see Mixon. Especially, I think he'll outperform where his draft picks will be. Like I said, in some of my mock drafts, I've seen him in the third round. Yeah. Which is just insane and snapped up straight away. That'd be a steal in the third round. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number eight, uh, I've gone Austin Eckler uh, for the Chargers. I, I don't, I think it's because Gordon's gone. To be fair, yeah. um, the Chargers don't yeah. have much in the backfield now. Um, Eckler's going to have to. I think his percentages will be. He'll be seeing 40, 50% of the ball compared to last year. Yeah. I know, you know, 11 touchdowns last year. I can see him producing around the same sort of numbers. Mm hmm. Well, seven. Seven, I've gone who last year. For me, should have been the offensive rookie of the year. And I know Kyler Murray was great and so on and so forth, but Josh Jacobs, he should yeah. have been the offensive rookie of the year he last should have. year. He was robbed. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and there's no reason he won't better that this year. Um, yeah. Derek Carr needs as much help as possible. Or just replacing. Or replacing. Or just replacing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, bring your Mariota. Big upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you bring your Mariota, maybe Jacobs will suffer a little bit because he'll actually run the ball. Yeah. The car will just stand there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, six, I've gone uh, Derek Henry. I mean, he had 400 touches last year. I, yeah, you'll see you have over 300 again, but he was just a complete workhorse. Uh, and now they've lost Conklin as well. Uh, will his production be as good as last year? So I think I would have had him in my top five last year. This year he's dropped out slightly. Okay. I'm at five. Five, five, five. Sorry, I changed my numbers last minute. That's why I'm all I'm getting all confused. <laughs> <laughs> five, I've got um, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, injuries last year. Um, Suffered in speed, agility, everything else. Uh, he's really, he should be a top three running back. He's more than talented enough to be a top three running back. Completely agree. Yeah. Four, um, I've gone Nick Chubb. Uh, Ooh, the reason he's he not, high. I know, yeah, he is <laughs> high. Of course he's I'm not biased at all. Um, <laughs> And I was just about to say, the reason he's not higher is because of his 
is red zone production. It, it's awful within the within the uh, the last ten yards. I mean, he's he's getting nowhere near. He's four touchdowns within in within the red zone. If you compare that to somebody like even Gurley, he's on 11, 12 last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, he has got a much better offensive line, and he's actually got a head coach that knows what he's doing this year. So it could be a bigger year for him. <laughs> yeah, I just think they'll use Hunt. They'll use Hunt for the red zone, and I think Chubb will just end up doing long, doggy back work to get them to where Hunt will actually do all the the main sort of production effectively. Maybe in the, within the red zone. Uh, three, I've gone Ezekiel Elliott. He's just you know coming off the second highest touchdown hole within the last within his career in the NFL really. So I think. Pretty much everybody will have him at three. Yeah. Two, I've uh, two, I've gone McCaffrey. Okay. It would have okay. uh, once again. I've been jumping between Barkley and McCaffrey, Barkley and McCaffrey constantly. Um, I just I don't know if McCaffrey will get as much production in the backfield because I think he will be used more in the slot. I agree, agree with you earlier, Sam. I think he really will he'll be yeah. more of a receiver. I think he's he's passing yardage will be a lot higher than what it was last year. Yeah. And then I mean it was pretty high. Is, yeah, he was pretty high, but I think it'll be higher his passing yardage. And then number one, Barkley. Uh, he was six hundred yards shy of McCaffrey last year and he was injured for three games. Injured wasn't he, yeah. Yeah. And he was injured for three games. I, I yeah. Simple as that, really. Okay. I mean I like a lot of that. I think there's a few that I'm a little bit uh, on the fence with, but yeah, I mean, I mean, all in all, it's hard to argue with a lot of them. Um, I'd say this is it's what it's about, isn't it? We all have our top tens, and we all got to see out how they all compare against each other. So, uh, Tom, you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll go first this time round. Um, number ten for me. Um, this was a t- toss up between the guy I've picked or Miles Sanders, but. I took my son down a little bit with the injury of Brandon, but um, Brandon Brooks. Yeah, I've got Kenyon Drake, so someone who's not been mentioned yet, um, and that's because um, once he was implemented into that scheme, into that offense, um, he was racking up the yards and picking up the touchdowns as well. And I think Kingsbury and that offense are going to keep on running the ball, um, so I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to um, keep on stacking up yardage um, there. And then at nine, I've got Josh Jacobs. Um, I've, only, I've only got him at number nine um, because he's not really using the passing game, which we've already touched on. Um, we know that Gruden loves to run the ball a ton. So he, that, that's where he's going to um, get his points. Um, number eight, I've got Dalvin Cook. Um, did he consider t- taking him out of the top 10 completely? If he really, like, if, if he does hold out, he's, he's dropping out of his top 10, like he will everyone's top 10, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I do like that yeah. offense in general, um, especially with Kubiak calling the plays now as well. Um, number seven, I've got Mixon. Um, he's probably like my second favourite running back in the league. Um, I really yeah. love watching him play. Yeah, um, it's more just like to watch him play. Like he, he's not the second best running back in the league. I just really enjoy watching him. Um, and I think if he had a better offensive line, he'd be even higher. Um, I do agree with Ben, where I do think his offensive production could be a little bit higher at the start of the season as yeah. Borough looks to get comfortable. Um, but in the back end of last season. Um, 
once the Bengals offense started, started to click a bit more, I think he was only second behind Derek Henry. Yeah, I think for the last few games of the season. So if they can carry that on into this, um, into the uh, next season, um, should get off to a good start there. Uh, number six, I've got Nick Chubb, um, another one of my favourite players to watch. Um, but you're sharing it with Kareem Hunt, which you've talked about a bunch. Um, he's going to miss out on the passing game yeah. as well. I agree. Um, yeah. I've got Derek Henry at five. Um, again, it's like Jacobs. I've only got him down this low because he's not because he's not really using the passing game. Um, they do rely on um, running the ball to open up the whole offense, like Rich said. Um, they rely on opening up the play action. Um, but I think another thing with Henry that isn't really mentioned, which is a good thing that it's not mentioned, um, is that he's never really injured. He never really seems to miss any miss, miss any games or miss any time. So, so he's really reliable. Yeah, especially when you get all, all the carries, he gets all the touches. Um, he's just he's just always there. He's just he's just a unit, isn't he? Carrying through. Remember. Yeah. Um, number four, I've got Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so coronavirus or not, Zeke's going to keep on eating. And, um, I think he might suffer a little bit from the offensive line. Like Rich mentioned that they've lost Frederick. In general, they they kind of dipped a little bit from what we knew the Cowboys' offensive line um, as being from the last pre um, the, the previous few seasons. Um, but I think also when McCarthy was in Green Bay. Um, they focus a lot on passing the ball, didn't they? And they were pretty. I mean, some of that is yeah. because you've got Rogers. When you've got, got Rogers, you are going to pass the ball more. Um, but then they've also got so many weapons now in the passing game. So I think Zeke might take a little bit of a dip out of that. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Zeke was more towards the bottom of the top ten come the end of the season. Um, at three, I've got Alvin Kamara. Um, like we touched on, he was injured a bit last year. I see him having um, a bounce back season. Um, Rich also mentioned that Breeze has got a bit of a diminished arm now, so I think he's going to be looking for the checkdowns a little bit more. It's going to be a lot more short to intermediate passes, I think, um, especially when Taysom Hill is the only one that can throw the deep ball. Well, I suppose Jameis can throw a decent deep ball as well, yeah, as long can. as he throws it to the right team. <laughs> I mean, he can throw a fantastic deep ball, just oh, yeah, not no, to his receiver. Not to his own players, yeah. Like On the deep ball last year, Jameis was great, even to his own players. It's just It could have been even better. I'm not sure if you are, you're aware of this, Rich, but Jameis Winston is... Tom's boy. He's not so. my boy. He's not my boy. <laughs> I love Jameis Winston. I had him. Yeah. I had him fantasy last year, and I was like, every every week, I'd say it's... when people ask me who should I start, Jameis or someone, I'd always say Jameis, but don't look at the score in game. Yeah, because yeah. wait until the end. It's too <laughs> much. Of wait, wait until the end. Just wait until the end. My uh, my friend, he had a uh, Winston as his quarterback, and he was so hyped about him. He'd come round to us to watch the NFL, and, I, and before that, like the. the Red zone even started. It, it was like inception, and I, I, I'd be sitting there laughing at the end of the game. I'd be like, "How has he ended up on that many points?" Like, his how? um, Winston's trademark is for the, his first pass of the game to be an interception. That's just the way it is. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. that the best thing about his career in Tampa Bay is that his very first pass, um, in the league was an interception. His very first pass was an interception. That was against. Yeah. Mariota as well, like their first game together, they, they, they were playing against each other and then his very final pass for Tampa Bay was also an interception so he's just perfectly bookended his Tampa Bay career and I don't think there's anything more Jameis than that but anyway, no, enough, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> in, enough talking about my boy um, number two on my list um, and like, like you guys have already mentioned so far these guys are just kind of one of two. They're interchangeable. You'd be happy if you got either of them. But I've got Barkley and then McCaffrey. 
Um, obviously, both for, for both of them, the offense for their team runs through these players. Um, and I think it was with McCaffrey last year, he recorded the third highest um, ever um, total yardage in a single season. So he had 2,393 scrimming yards last year, um, which was the third highest ever in the league. So you're probably going to um, get a bit of um, regression from that. Um, so I don't think he's going to quite hit the heights that he did last year, but him and Barkley are still probably the safest players in, in fantasy that you can get. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think the only difference is that, obviously, Barkley's playing with an improving quarterback. He's been there, he knows the system now. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to... Obviously, he's working on his career, whereas McCaffrey's now playing with a new quarterback. Uh, it might actually benefit yeah. him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think the Panthers... Offense could be sneakily good this year, though, because yeah. they had decent players anyway. They've not got a great offensive line, but they've they had decent players already. And if Joe Brady can adapt to the NFL pretty well, um, and he runs a similar sort of offense to what he had in LSU, um, they could have a great season. Like they were not going to be much of a deep threat, but um, as we touched upon, Bridgewater loves to throw the short and intermediate passes anyway. Yeah. So we think and dunk, get the players in space. So I think they could be actually quite good this year. Yeah, well, I mean, the Saints, the Saints were absolutely smashing it last year without throwing too many deep balls. Do you know what I mean? They made, yeah. the, made the offense work around them. So I'm not, I'm not comparing the Panthers to the Saints, by the way. Like, obviously, <laughs> that should be the headline. That should be the headline <laughs> for this. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I will. I'll, I'll move on to my embarrassing top ten thing. Obviously, you guys have given quite good points about why players are in your top ten, but I'll I'll give you. I'll give you a laugh now for a few minutes. Uh, I've got Todd Gurley as number 10. I think uh, in Atlanta, he is, as you said before, Rich, he is, he is top boy. And I think with him being on like a one-year contract, it is a prove-it year. And it is exactly that for him. He has to, he has to go out there and prove it. And if, if his body can't hold up, there's no, there's no use in him you know, playing him here and there to try and get the most out of him in the season. It is literally just run him into the ground and see if you can, see if you can handle it. Um, number nine, I've got Austin Eckler. Uh, we had um, Sky on from uh, the TCK podcast over in San Francisco, didn't we, a few weeks ago, and he told me how I was wrong completely for liking Austin Eckler. <laughs> <top 10. laughs> but I'm still having him there, number nine, because I genuinely think that he, when he didn't have Melvin Gordon there, he was absolutely electric. And I think they're definitely going to give him the chance to go first. So it's his, to, it's his job to lose. Um, number eight, I've got Aaron Jones. Um, I know a lot of his points last year came from touchdowns, but I think that Matt Lafleur is definitely showing that that team is going in a running back direction. They're clearly showing they do not care about Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Jones, I think he's the biggest beneficiary of that. I know they brought in another running back in the draft, but I think Aaron Jones is number one, and he'll get most of the production. Um, Number seven and number six, I think I've got similar to most of you guys. I've got Joe Mixon, number seven, and Chubb, number six. Um, Mixon, again, I do think he's going to have an unbelievable start to the season. I think um, I think the only issue is they've got a few different games in there, and if you've got a few different games back-to-back, sometimes when the team's trying to chase, he isn't going to get as much of the ball. Um, and Nick Chubb. There's so many miles to feed. The only thing I've got number six is because I think that team clicks this year. And I think there's only so many miles to feed. And because the head coach 
actually knows how to play football, he's going to actually have plays up his sleeve <laughs> to try and get everyone involved. <laughs> well, he is. I think Freddie knew how to play football. <laughs> he just didn't know how to be a head coach. Yeah. No. It was embarrassing. I that. that. Oh. So, no. I just think they're going to have, they're going to, obviously going to have to feed um, Odell Beckham Jr., which is going to happen because he's the high, the high, what do you call it, the high priority name there. You've got Landry, who has always been like fine after this, after the first year. You've got Kareem Hunt, who I think is one of the better pass catching backs in the league. So yeah, yeah. I know you're saying put him in the slot, but even in the slot, he's still taking um, carries or touches off Hunt, off uh, off Chubb. Yeah, and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for everyone to get fed. It, it, it's one of those those uh, teams that you're gonna love to watch in actual real life, but maybe not for your fancy team if it does click. Um, number five got Alvin Kamara. Uh, I haven't got many higher than that because I still think in the red zone he may suffer because they do tra- they do try and protect him. I think obviously they, they don't want him to have the heavy crunches because he is the smaller back. So they they do want to put uh, Murray in there instead. Um, number four got Derek Henry, and I do agree with you. He will just be absolutely used and abused this year. You know he's trying to get that big contract. So you know, and as Tom says, it, it, it isn't almost almost not worth it paying these running backs for that extra bit extra few years because he's shown that he's had his he's had his good years. Now is it is there a chance of having another four good years? Probably not four. So in you know. Let's, let's use that franchise tag, get the most out of him. And if he's successful, give him a little bit of an extension. Uh, I, but I just think the Titans, whenever they go down, he is useless. Yeah. Because he can't catch yeah. the ball. So it, it, he is great when you're winning. He's a downhill runner. And even if he falls forward, he's three yards. So, like, <laughs> you can like fall five yards. And there you go. Yeah. Um, number three, I've got Ezekiel Elliott. I would have had Elliott number, two, like number one. Because that offense is incredible, but I just think there's too many too many miles to feed in the passing game, and as we know, he's a passing coach, so it's going to yeah. be a big year for Dak Prescott, big year for the receivers. I just think Elliott suffers a little bit, not in his receiving because he will still receive the ball quite a lot. I just think they're not going to run the ball as much because he, he may maybe use a lot more in the uh, pass section. And yeah, I have gone Barkley and then CMC number one. Purely because I think, obviously, they've got new coaching systems in both of these teams. Barkley's got the the quarterback that's got more experience in that in that system. However, McCaffrey's got Bridgewater, who is no he's no rookie. You know what I mean? He's no he's not new to the NFL. He knows what he's doing. And this, and as Tom says, they are going to be sneakily good. The, the receivers aren't bad at all. Um, as you said before, the tight end's not bad at all. And McCaffrey is just going to benefit from everything. If they are struggling, he's there in the passing game. If, if they're ahead, he's there in the running, rushing game. You saw last year, even when the team was struggling, he just ran all over teams, apart from the Bucks, which was one of the most surprising things I've ever seen. But yeah, he did uh, He did smash it. So I think, I think more of the same this year. But again, the point is, you wouldn't be unhappy with either of them. That's a. Uh, I'm pretty sure. No, agreed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it? There must be something there that you're not. You're not happy with. I think you guys are a lot higher on Nick Chubb than I am. 
I mean, I have Nick Chubb all the way down at running back, I, th- I want to say 18. Wow. Wow. Um, is that I because just, of this? Is that because they'll be sharing the sharing the load? Yeah, that's uh, that actually, I've got Cream Hunt twenty four and Nick Chubb twenty five. Ah, well. so I've I've really got them like properly s- splitting that work there. Forty five percent Nick Chubb, thirty five percent Cream Hunt. Wow. Um, I I mean I just don't understand why you would sign Cream Hunt if you're not going to use him. He's too good to just have involved in the passing game. I mean, we saw what he did in Kansas City. And I think if Nick Chubb struggles at any part of this season, Hunt will take the reins. And I don't know if Chubb will be able to get them back. That is a bold, I think that, I think that is a bold take, you know. I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of bold takes with my initial projections, well, to be fair. But yeah. uh, I mean, that is a, that, everyone that I've spoken to so far is either all in on Nick Chubb or a little bit wary. But I don't think, I've not spoken to anybody that has them outside of the top 10. Uh, so to have him all the way down, what did you say, 24? Yeah, I got him 24, yeah. That is, that is bold, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone that you've got kind of like in between 11 and 15, Rich, that you might be a bit higher on than, than other people? Because I know we had some technical difficulties in which um, we had a break in our recording and, and you did mention that you like to um, talk about kind of like those those second tier players a little bit more. I just think that, yeah, they're, they're the ones that seem like they're more kind of interesting from a like discussion standpoint. So one guy who was literally just outside my top 10 is David Johnson. I think he'll be really good this year. Um, yeah. The other guy who I think everyone's going to forget on, forget about him is David Montgomery. I have him at RB23. Um, um, but you can like, at the moment, I think you can get him in the sixth, maybe seventh round of drafts. So yeah. You can pick him up as like your RB three, and I think you'll get RB RB two production from him most weeks. Nice. Yeah, I so, drafted him last year really late on because I, I said in our last podcast that I tend to draft rookies just for the sake of it. Normally, I'm normally a bit too high on them, <laughs> um, but Lovely. towards the end of the and towards the end of the draft, it's worth it, I'd say. But because um, I had both him and Sanders last year, okay, and they, they, they were good for kind of like when I had a bye week and I needed someone to come in. Um, but yeah, I think. My, my my thing with Montgomery is just that it's, he's on the Bears and the Bears' offense scares me as long as Trubisky's there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but Trubisky isn't there now. They got Nick Foles. That's true. I'm, I'd be much more confident with Foles. So I think, um, I think Foles is half decent. Because the other thing is you have to consider that actually Matt Nagy, he, it, this is still the Eagles' offense that Nick Foles yeah, is good in. That's true. So yeah. I think um, Dave Montgomery and Tariq Cohen are both. Huge rebound candidates, and I'm I'm targeting both of those in yeah. majority of my drafts. Yeah, because I think they were both in Kansas together, weren't they? As well, because wasn't Foles the backup for a couple of years? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, and then obviously, I think he was the OC there, wasn't he? So he the, was, yeah, they, they should they should know each other fairly well. Yeah, uh, and that, like, don't forget that Nagy they went out and they they got Foles. They didn't just you know yeah fall in with him. They went out and paid to get him. So do you think he starts and one, or do you think Trubisky starts then Foles takes over? Oh, I think I think it's Foles. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I think it's Trubisky's job until and they're going to let him just mess it up, and then then Nagy's going to say, "Look, I brought in the replacement. Here he is, and let him take over." I think I think if they put Foles out there straight away and it doesn't work, I think it highlights the fact that they brought somebody in that hasn't worked. 
Whereas if they let if they let Trubisky mess it up like he like he's almost guaranteed to do, then they can bring in the, the replacement and then it will work. Do you know what I mean? And then then they've said, well, we've given him a chance again. It's not worked, so here's the replacement. So so I'd go with that narrative last year, but I wouldn't go with it this year because I think Nagy's probably playing for his job. Yeah. So I definitely. think he just rolls the dice. He doesn't do the uh nah, Mitch Trubisky just isn't the guy. I think he he he'll leave he'll go with Foles because that's the guy he wants and that's the guy he thinks will save his job. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, I've got actually, I've got Kenyon Drake at number 12. I had him 10. Yeah. yeah I think it's, 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 it's more the offense. I, I think it's yeah. similar to kind of like, it's like the foot, it's the running scheme is similar to the 49ers, but instead of having four running backs like the 49ers do, it's kind of like Drake and, I can't remember really remember who else, especially since they got rid of Johnson. So, I think he could be another volume guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't disagree with that. Um, well, it has been it has been really interesting going through our top tens. I mean, I thought we'd have a lot more players that were similar. To be fair, like in actual positions, obviously the top three and four usually were quite similar, but it was quite fun. I mean, where have you got Austin Eckler, Rich? Um, Austin Eckler, I have uh, RB thirteen. So just just outside that um, that top ten, you were just looking for some confirmation there, aren't you? Aaron? I was, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. me too. Don't worry, I'm with you. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say these are these are gospel, but uh, yeah, that's that's where he, that's where he came out originally. So you know what? I'm happy with that. Um, so today we tried a new thing on our Instagram page. We decided to do a mailbag um, on our story and see if anyone or any of the. Uh, Followers had any questions for us to answer? I think most of them might get answered by you there, Rich, which is obviously great because we've got you on. Um, so one of the questions was from one of our, our writers as well, uh, Alex. So she's asked, what do you think will happen with Dalvin Cook? Obviously, and then um, where do you think it will rank Madison if Cook is a holdout? Um, which I think is quite good because obviously a lot of you guys have moved Cook down. And I've moved him completely out of the top 10 because I, I genuinely think he will hold out now. Um, so where, where are you, if, if Cook does hold out, where are we going to put Matheson? So let me take the first bit. So I don't know if Cook will actually hold out because if he, if he holds out, then he has more to lose than we've seen with these other um, running backs who have done it because he won't have a fourth year of... Um, eligibility which means he loses out on like a bunch of benefits for for his life so i think that if i'm his agent i would say okay let's let's try and play the game of we're going to hold out but ultimately we're not going to hold out you're going to turn up um i think if he if he does hold out then madison straight away is He's he's certainly in the RB two conversation. So by that I mean like between RB thirteen and twenty four, just because yeah. he is an effective runner, and I'm just looking for volume. Like volume is what will get you into that kind of uh, RB two conversation. You don't have to be actually that good. You just need to be able to get the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's where I'd I'd kind of put him there. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd have him as a top twenty as well, if the holdout did happen. I'd have him in the top 15. I mean, I don't think he's got the hands to be a top 15 running back. 
I'm not sure. I, really, I think he, he, hasn't, he, hasn't he, hasn't any any game, he hasn't shown any signs of struggling when he, uh, when he was on. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it falls out, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got him top 15, so I'm going to get bold and say he's up there if, if uh, Cook holds out. Um, so next question we've got is from um, someone called Dog underscore zero six, and he's put, will Sony Michel have a breakout year and get his fifth year option? Um, no. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I, don't think so either. <laughs> I think the biggest issue that Sony Michel has is that his knee is even worse than Todd Gurley's is. I think he's a lot further along in his needs generating than um, than Gurley is. And everyone seems to be really concerned with Gurley's and not that concerned with um, Michelle's. I also think the Patriots, we we have no idea what this offense is going to look yeah, like. Like complete unknown. I have I have no idea who their quarterback is going to be. It could be Stim or it could be Brian Hoyer, who's still on the roster as well. Um, I don't think I'd touch anyone on the Patriots offense this year. I think the uh, only one that Ed, I would actually... Edelman's the only one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only one I think I would touch is Edelman. Outside yeah. of that, I'm just like, um, not sure. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and I if, mean, if they get a good kicker as well, the kicker could be one to look up because I can't see their offense scoring many touchdowns. No, I mean, yeah. th- th- let's be honest as well. It's not like the, the Patriots running back, whoever that is in the game, is valuable. But the Patriots running back position, nightmare. Like yeah. I don't, I can't tell you who's going to be starting one game or fifteen games. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's well, like it James White. Been. James White could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, and you've you, you, like, you, you barely see him consistently. Like it's bizarre. That's what that's what it was. And the Brady, the Brady was he ran the whole offense. Whereas now it, it may be a more prominent position now when you have the quarterback isn't so certain. Mm. Um. It does lead us on to our next question, though. Uh, is from EDP underscore 2004. And he's put, uh, will we see Colin Kaepernick um, in, a 20, in 2020? And if, if we do so, which team will it be? I put a little post out like yesterday suggesting that why are the Patriots not giving him a chance? Like, surely they are not that confident instead of to say that Kaepernick isn't worth a chance. Yeah, I mean, the, do I think he'll play? I, I think he has he has an opportunity to. The, the issue is with now he's now so many years removed from the game, and the last time we saw him, and this is one of the things I always brought up whenever his name was um, brought up, like why is he not on a team? He actually wasn't that good towards his time in um, San Francisco. Like, there's a reason why the team let him go. Yes. So, I think. If he does play this year, it's going to have to be, and it sounds ridiculous to say, a team like the Patriots that don't have like that kind of poster boy quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah I agree, when, and I do. I do agree though. He's, he wasn't. He wasn't fantastic towards the end of his time anyway. But he's definitely better than like ha- at least half of the backups in the league. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, the, it's like the Jets last year. The Jets went through two backups. They were absolutely awful. Yeah, like Kaepernick would have been a much better option. And I see him being a decent fit for the Steelers because we don't know 100%. what Big Ben's going to be like. You know, the Rooney rule is named after the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, so you think that he'd be more open, yeah, to bring in on Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, and to me, he'd be a pretty decent fit because as a backup quarterback, normally you want to do something a little bit different compared to your style. You want to keep a similar sort of style um, with your offense, but normally, if the, if the backup is a bit more mobile. 
that tends to help the overall the overall team because you've got you've got the two options there yeah. in terms of passing it and running it. So I see the Steelers as a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, I yeah I th- I think that'd be I think that'd be a decent fit. I mean, Big Ben's coming towards the end of his end of his career there. Um, I just the, the only the only thing I'm I'm kind of slightly worried about with Kaepernick is um, like how much money is he actually going to be asking for? That's the thing that could limit him because, as you say. He's he's certainly better than half the backups in the league, but is he going to take backup money? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing we don't know. I think that's some, somebody commented on the post and said, you know, he's not worth the ten million he was asking for. That was back then he was asking for ten million, but I mean, right now he he hasn't got a choice. So as you say, he probably he's been removed from the game for so many years. He isn't going to walk into a starting position, so he's got to have to understand that he can't just demand all that money. He's going to have to take the money that is on average for that position that he's going to be taking, which is the backup quarterback. Yeah. If he then yep. if he then takes the if he then then takes the the QB one role, say if he was at the Steelers and Big Ben got injured, moved into that role and kept it, then yeah, yeah, then the year after he could probably try and demand the contract negotiation. But I think for his first appointment back into the league, he's gonna to have to take uh, a cut in salary and um yeah, and a position that he's probably not going to enjoy for the first few weeks playing behind someone, do you know what I mean? But it's about getting that chance to play, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Get yeah, yourself yeah. in the shop window. So, next question for us is, the is Chubb, Nick Chubb going to go over 1,500 rushing yards and finish RB1? And this is from Browns Cards UK. Or is this guy biased? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely biased. I'm biased, but I can't see him going anywhere near what he did last year. I mean, exactly. so, yeah, Rich, Rich must agree well. with you. I think Rich is putting him nowhere near his, his top 20. So <laughs> that's like what I would. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you asked the question, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll, I think he'll do Next well, question. but I don't, don't think it, I can't see him being RB1. But no. hey, if, you, if you're a fan of a team, you've got to, got to support the players, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I actually yeah. think the, the issue that you're going to have is that. Um, you've actually got two decent rushes and you don't have one brilliant one, that's going to be the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, one more. We've got Paul Johnstone who said, uh, who will the Dolphins RB1 be? Um, I think now this comes down to a scoring question because I think it could be that close between Breeder and Howard. Um, I think everyone seems to be out on Howard, uh, which I'm not entirely sure why he is a decent running back he just kind of he takes what's in front of him um but i mean i haven't i haven't ranked similarly um i think the issue i have with breeder is his durability the guy is constantly yeah, questionable always injured. yeah i mean he may as well just add a q to the end of his name like um <laughs> that like it's it's, it's just up at that point for him so yeah i mean in standard scoring, I'd I'd go Howard because I think he's gonna he's gonna get more touchdowns. Um, but in any kind of like PPR league, then I'd I'd happily say Burrito. Yeah, I think I probably agree. I, I do like I like Howard when he went to uh, the Eagles. I was pretty impressed. Like you know, he got he took his chances. He's never going to be the out and out running back one to get like that kind of workload. So he took just took what's in front of him. As you say, Matt Breeder, I think he's good enough to be running back one. I think he is good enough. But as you say, it's can you rely on him? It was honestly the most frustrating thing last year. Every like every single week, 
little cue by his name. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to have to sit and wait until the last minute and see if he's actually playing. Bring somebody else in. It almost ruined like, your week of preparation for the fantasy league. So, yeah, fantasy football is not good having a team. Stay well away from Matt Breeder. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely no nerves left. Um, okay, well, that was, uh, that, was, that was interesting. Um, Rich, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. And it, it, once again, it is good having somebody who actually knows what they're talking about come on and tell yeah. us a bit more about fantasy football. Um, so yeah. thanks for that. Um, uh, no worries. Uh, anytime you ever want me on, just uh, just reach out. I'm more than happy to jump in. Yeah, fantastic. Mate. Yeah, definitely have you on, on again. Um, so do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter. Uh, my personal account is richkingff. Um, and you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at kfantasy underscore sports. Um, yeah, reach out. If you ever got a question, then uh, I'm more than happy to help. Sweet. And obviously, your website is linked to your Instagram too and probably your Twitter as well. Um, if you guys want to go on there and have a little shop around by Rich's fancy guide, and hopefully you can win some championships this year. All about those, those championships, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. And if you are wanting to look for us as well, we are at the uh, the Quick Snap UK on both Instagram and Twitter, and we have got the thequicksnap.co.uk as our website, where obviously Ben is writing more and more articles for us. So go and check them out. But uh, until next time, guys. Cheers. Yeah. Everyone. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.